Good morning and um, welcome to our house in Muscat. Uh, some of you visitors, you will recognise I'm sitting in our lounge and it's great to welcome the rest of you here, albeit virtually. It was, uh, we do appreciate your prayers and your encouragements and your thoughts with us at um, what's been, what's proved to be a difficult year so far, 2020. And I will share some of that as we go through and looking at God's word. I want to read Psalm 1 to you and particularly looking at this picture of the one who's like a tree planted by streams of water. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. We've spent the last three, four months actually in the Psalms and have really benefited from the, at times, brutal honesty that the Psalms is happy to display in front of us. All of human life is here. And we hear words that if we were editing the word of God, we might not have thought should be there. Times when David says, my God, why have you forsaken me? And also David says, not just where are you, it's like, where are you, Lord? He also says, do not forsake me. And he also says, the Lord will never forsake the saints. And those three things that just seem to be, I think, can they all be said by the same person? We don't have to think for too long before we realise, no, that is the human condition, that is what we walk through. That is our life. And the Psalms give us dignity to words and ways of speaking that maybe we would be tempted to hide and say, oh no, no, I never say things like that. One commentator says of those darker moments in the Psalms, he says, it's, they are there because God understands the way desperate men and women speak. He understands. And amazingly, not just that he understands, but he, he has spoken those words. Jesus speaks those words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet here we see that actually there is this picture that's going to take us all the way through Psalms of this one who, despite knowing moments where he's saying, oh my God, my God, my, where, why have you forsaken me? Can also say, no, he will never forsake me. 
There is this one who like a tree planted by streams. So even when the, the heat does come and the weather is against you, still has a place to go and can draw resources that bring life. Jeremiah uses this picture. I mean, this picture of the streams is rich right through scripture. But Jeremiah seems to take this particular picture and just add some more detail to it. I'll just read that to you from Jeremiah 17, verse 7, because he brings a contrast to the one who's planted by streams. He, he says this, Jeremiah 17, 5, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Here, the contrast is the one who trusts in man and the one who trusts in the Lord. But that's not dissimilar to Psalm 1 at all, because Psalm 1 here, the one who's by the stream is the one who's delighting in the law. The law, that phrase is used particularly for the, the commands of God, but wider than that, the books that the commands of God um, occur in, and those books include stories and all sorts of other things. But it's also in the Psalms used to talk about the whole of Scripture. The scripture that the psalmist had, he said, this is, if you delight in this, you'll be like a tree by a stream. Why? Because <laughs> this talks about him. It talks about God. It reveals what God has done. It reveals who God is. And so when Jeremiah uses the same picture, he he. He just uses this shorthand of his trust is in the Lord. The one who delights in the law will trust in the Lord. It's not that this is, well, actually, this book, if you follow these ways, you'll get what you really want, which is like riches, success, peace, satisfaction, and a nice life. You follow this and you get that. No, no. Jeremiah puts it like this. Not just that your trust is in the Lord. He says your trust is the Lord. Your delight is in the Lord. And the Psalms, as you go through, you realise, no, the psalmist isn't just talking about a load of rules to be followed. He's talking about your delight is in the Lord. That's where it finishes. That's where Psalms is going to finish. 
he's going to finish with another psalm, like Psalm 1, just six verses, very easy to remember, which is just praising God, just delighting in him. No request, no prayer, nothing except praising God. The last five psalms are like that. David's last psalm, it finishes just with praise to God. And then the five psalms of just praise him, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, and praise him with the trumpet, praise him with the lute and lyre, praise him with the tambourine and dancing, praise him with the cymbals and with the other cymbals, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Because the psalmist, as he delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night, is beginning to see the Lord and what he has done and who he is. And that is like a stream of water that brings in the midst of difficulty. And there are difficulties. And the midst of times where he says, oh my God, why have you forsaken me? Still there is this stream. Do you know that? Do you know that stream? In Jeremiah's picture of this shrub in the desert. We know that very well. Difference in trees here and trees in South Yorkshire, Derbyshire is that when you see a tree in Derbyshire, you don't think, oh, there must be a stream here to, to keep a tree going. Trees in Derbyshire don't worry about their water supply. There's plenty of water around. But here, water is a big issue. And um, it's interesting, we had a winter where we had lots of rain. Through November, December, January, we had rain, and then the next week we had to have rain, and I mean, not pouring down every day, all the day. But in the evening, we might just have a, a, a shower come and then one next week we would have heavy rain. And, and across all the hills, grass suddenly sprung up. And these desert shrubs were suddenly green and flowered and looked beautiful. It was stunning. Uh, we felt very sorry for this grass that thought maybe it was in Derbyshire. And we were thinking, you have no idea what's on its way. Because actually, the grass is only there as long as the rain is there. And you can kind of imagine it thinking, is there rain this week? Ah, oh, there is, I'll stay. And the desert shrub is green. It, it's interesting, it's one of the things that the psalmist raises about how, how come evil men prosper? And sometimes what... It does seem like that. But then he says, no, I saw the final end. And Jeremiah is pointing to this moment where, look, desert shrubs, they are okay for a moment. Is there rain? Yes. Is there rain? No. Oh, is there rain? No. None this week either? No. And now our, mount, our mountains and hills are all brown. They're all, no life, no greenery there at all. But the tree by the stream, Jeremiah says, 
it does not fear the heat. Is there rain? Who cares? Is there rain? Doesn't matter. I have a stream. I have a source of water that will bring me life. It says it is not anxious in the year of drought. 2020 is a year of drought. If ever there's a year of drought that we've lived through, surely this is one of them. 2020 started, although we were rejoicing, we were back in the UK, we were with you and rejoicing on January the 10th of the birth of a granddaughter. Actually, we came back to a nation that was mourning for January the 10th because of a death of a sultan, much loved sultan, a wise, um, peace-loving man who'd reigned for 50 years, died on the 10th of January. So we came back into mourning. No singing allowed our meetings. In fact, we couldn't meet one Friday and then our meetings had to be quiet. There was no sound in any of, no music in any public place. It was mourning for 40 days. And then after that time, which definitely had a, an effect on the nation, we went into our, our own mourning as a church. And many of you will know this story that we, a dear, dear um, brother in the church, lovely, lovely family. You, some of you have met him, lost their daughter. Tragic, tragic circumstances, confusing, heartbreaking circumstances. And then just oh, 10 days later, the, the same thing happened again. A little girl, 10 years old, dies with no no notice we were unaware of a heart problem that she had she comes home from school and is dead uh, within an hour of complaining of pains in her arms and we were rocked as a church as you can imagine and yet we had not had much time to get through that this family had gone back to india and then come back we'd set them up in a new place they just got back in time for there to be lockdown here. Many, many here losing jobs, no job, no visa, and um, real difficulty among many in the church, but much wider across the city. You think, wow, if ever there was a year of drought, this is it. And then you turn to this and you see not frightened of heat. They're not anxious in the year of drought. Why? Because they always bear fruit. They always bear fruit. Why? Because their trust in the Lord. Their trust is the Lord. They delight in the law of the Lord and on it they meditate day and night. This has been a source of incredible strength and understanding and life because it talks about the one who is a stream, whose very presence is this river that brings streams of living water. We saw it the first time we looked at Andy Martin 
shared with us Psalm 46, and you see that chaos that there is at the beginning of that psalm. I will not fear, even though the earth gives way, mountains in the sea, and then suddenly it's, there is a river whose streams make glad the people of God. And we've been tending to this river, and in the midst of difficulty, realising we're allowed to say these things, where are you? Even Psalm 88 finishes with, darkness is my closest friend. I mean, what? Depths of depression David speaks of. Darkness is my closest friend. And yet, still we find, no, when our roots are forced to go deeper and deeper still, we touch again this stream of living water. So we have resources and we can be fruitful in such times. This is what we're praying for here and what we're praying for for you. Fruitfulness in a year of drought. We had, it wasn't long before we were in this situation, we realised there were people in the church who needed food, who'd lost jobs. And so we started to provide food for people. Somebody else got to know about it and they passed on to somebody and they said, actually, could you? We know somebody in this situation, could you give to them? And so we gave to them. And then a couple of days after we'd done that, suddenly my phone did not stop ringing. Becky will remember we had one day, we must have had 25 phone calls from people saying, I hear you're giving, you have food. Can we have some food? And one night, that night, I was in bed thinking, what have we started? Are we going to be able to do, are we going to be able to do this? And as I'm lying in bed thinking and uh, worrying, to be honest, that's how it starts, started. And then I felt God did direct my thoughts. And I think, I started to think, it's amazing how if you have food, hungry people find you. We didn't have an advertising campaign. We didn't put up posters. We have food come to us. It was just one person telling another, hey, they have resources there. You can find it there. It actually reminded me of the story of Ruth, right at the beginning of the story of Ruth, just in the first five, six verses. It tells this kind of pencil sketch of a story. There's, a, there's famine in the land. And so a man and his wife and two sons leave Judah. They actually were in Bethlehem, the house of bread. A place which should have bread, but there is no bread in the house of bread. And so they leave and they go to Moab and terrible things happen in Moab. And the two sons marry, but that's not the terrible thing, but the two sons die. And, and the husband of Naomi dies, the man dies. And so Naomi and her two daughters-in-law are left. Tragic situation, but then they hear that the Lord has visited his people, it says, and there is food in Judah. There is bread in the house of bread. And so coming out of Moab and this place of tragedy, they come back to the place of the people of God to be fed. I, as I'm lying awake thinking of all these people who've heard that there's bread there's food among the people of God. I find 
and praying, oh God, let us have more than just rice and dal and flour and sugar. Let us have the bread of life. Let there be this stream of living water. Let there be people coming to us because you have visited your people once again. Because this stream that is spoken of here and is spoken of again and again throughout the Old Testament and then Jesus taps into it when he says, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He then says, out of you will come rivers of living water. And the promise is that as we are those planted by a stream, that actually not just are we sustained ourselves, but we produce something that becomes a sustenance for others. We bear fruit. Streams come out of us. And this is our prayer, that in this day, this year of drought, that there might be streams of living water that come from the people of God to the blessing of the nations. So this contrast is very much before us in this Psalm 1. Are you one who puts their trust in men, in flesh, in others? Are you one that's found among, what's this, this? The way of sinners, the seat of scoffers, the counsel of the wicked. Your, your delight is found in other people and other men and women's ways. Or is your delight in the law of the Lord, which reveals this is what God is like. You know what God is like? It says in Psalm 107, this is what God is like. He satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul he fills with good things. Do you know that of God? Do you know he fills you with good things? You can find your delight in him and who he is and what he's done because of the cross, because of salvation, because of victory over death, because of his spirit being poured into us and life coming because of the hope of a future where we, like the Psalms, will finish with praising him for who he is for all eternity. Because of that, when a heat comes, others might be saying, there was no rain this month, nothing good happened. July was like June and nothing good has happened. But we're saying, we have found rivers of living water and we are bearing fruit in this year of drought. Pray that for you as a church and for you individually. I pray that you would know what it is to be planted by a stream and if you don't, if actually you are all dried up and all your normal resources have dried up, Call upon the Lord. He hears your cry. Call upon the Lord that he might plant you by a stream of living water. 
Trust in him. Let him be your desire. He will not, he will not let you down. Even when you have to go through times which make you go, oh, where is he? Still, your roots can touch this stream of living water. God bless you as you respond to this. Thank you.